Hello, this is Matt from the Matt Harker Show. You're listening to Play Comics. That means you're listening to it. Good job. High five. Way to go. And welcome to Play Comics, the show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. I'm Chris, and today we have special guest Paul Combs. Paul, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Pretty good. I mean, I'm really excited to look at this one. But before we get into that, why don't you tell people where they can find you around the internet? I'm on Twitter at Combs Paul. That's where I do... I mainly just give a ton of opinions on movies. That's kind of my entire stick is opinions on movies. I know, and I've loved following everything you've had with there, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say about Captain Marvel. I can't wait to watch Captain Marvel. First off, I just love Brie Larson. I've loved her in most things she's in, and Room showed she had, uh, the or the movie Room showed she had a lot of talent, and I can't wait to see her showcase that as such a dynamic, interesting character. No, I've been super excited for this one since the day they announced it. Like, more excited for this than any of the Avengers things. More excited for this than Spider-Man, and I'm a real big Spider-Man guy. Well, I'm, I'm always excited for some of these because, like, Captain Marvel, I'm barely familiar with the character at all. So it's always fun to just kind of see, be introduced to these new characters completely. Like, all the a lot of the traditional Avengers I'm familiar with being a comic book fan... But people like Captain Marvel, I haven't read a whole lot of her stuff. So I don't I don't know much about her, so it's kind of fun going in blind. Well, speaking of introducing people to characters they might not know of, we're here today to talk about Justice League Task Force for Genesis and Super Nintendo. Yeah, I, I played that game getting ready for this episode. It is, it'll be fun to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. Well, I know one thing I definitely want to hit on is... Justice League Task Force in the comics because it's a little bit different from like the other 12 million Justice League versions there are. It is significantly different because uh, actually Martian Manhunter leads the team and I've always been a huge fan of Martian Manhunter. He has the great backstory uh, from his uh, upbringing on Mars and everything and his integration into Earth. He's a very interesting character. And I like the fact that he was the basically the leader of the Justice League Task Force team. And he's somebody I wasn't really familiar with until the Supergirl show came on. I was mainly familiar with him due to the animated series, the Justice League animated series, because he was one of the uh, the prominent characters in that in that show. And also, my wife watches the Supergirl series, so I've seen him in that as well. And the actor they got to play him does a fantastic job. Yeah, I started watching the Justice League cartoon about when Supergirl came out, because I was way behind the times on that. Yeah, it was the show that really actually helped kind of turn me into a comic book nerd, because it it holds up remarkably well. Like, I watched it recently because my wife really hadn't watched a lot of it. So we went through a lot of the episodes. It has some great story arcs, and the characters were interesting. I, I still recommend it. I would recommend it to anyone. 
the Justice League Task Force in the comics kind of branches out a little bit from Justice League Europe, doesn't really connect with the Justice League America or the Justice League Quarterly comics that were out at the same time. And they were used kind of as like a special forces unit, which seems weird to me because they're already superheroes. I don't see why they need to be more special forces than that. I guess maybe stealthy with Russian Manhunter since he can take the shape of people. I never I never read these. So I'm as I said, I'm familiar with them based on the research for the episode, but yeah, I do I'm not sure. That's about where I am too. Um it's a thirty seven issue run of the comics, so it's not ridiculous if you wanted to go read the whole thing. Um I certainly didn't. I'm not gonna lie about that. But you know, if you wanted to, you can go get it. You can read through the whole thing. But the thing that really got me about it was the characters that showed up from the game versus the characters that show up in the comics. Because the lists are way different. Yeah, they are vastly different. The characters featured in the game all show up for only one uh, arc. It's very brief appearances. The characters in the Truthfully, the characters listed on the Wikipedia page for this run, a lot of them even I'm unfamiliar with as a comic book nerd. I mean, I'm right there with you for most of them. I mean, you've got a Batman that's somebody besides Bruce Wayne. I am familiar with Azrael. That's Azrael, uh, John Paul Valley. I'm a, briefly familiar with him. Honestly, this is, looking up stuff for here is the first time I've heard of him because I've always been more of a Marvel guy. Well, he also had a run on Gotham, too, but that show is terrible. Hence why I never watched it. We tried. We just couldn't get into it. My, my wife watches all those shows, so sometimes I catch it by accident, basically. And, yeah. But, like, you've got some wonderful characters that are in the comics that could have been used that just don't show up in the game. And I don't expect them to have like a 50 person roster on a super Nintendo game, but you're missing out on booster gold. who is somebody that just gets insane and blue beetle. You're missing out on Dr. Light, which gets really interesting stuff. Elongated man. Just, Gypsy, there's tons of people that could have been in this game. Yeah, it would have been great to see a boost, Booster Gold featured in the game. Just with his his power set, he's he's a good fit for fighting games anyway. The one person I'm not surprised at all missed out on the game just because of the small roster size is either Robin or Nightwing. Mostly because, I mean, you've only got nine people. Six of them are heroes. That would be kind of a Batman overload if you had one of those, if you ask me. Yeah, that would that would definitely be uh, Batman Overload. But I even find it interesting the villains they chose to use as well. You have Darkseid, you have Des- Darkseid, who's DC's Big Bad, you have Despero, who's a Martian Manhunter villain, and then you have Cheetah, who's a Wonder Woman villain. So Cheetah makes sense to me. I mean, she's at least going with one of the characters in the game. That part's fair, but looking at the plot of the game, the plot is just solely focused on Darkseid, kind of just destroying the world, basically. And it, it just it just doesn't tie in. They should have got one of uh, Darkseid's lieutenants, like um, Steppenwolf. I mean, that would have been so cool. And it's not like anybody knew who he was when they pulled him into the movie either. Yeah, and it was not like anyone knows who Despero is. I had to look up who Despero was. I know. So if you're going to have to 
have people look people up, you might as well make it somebody who fits a little bit better. Now, another thing I found really interesting here for the game was that, as far as I can tell, it never says which Flash it is in the game. It it, it does not, and that, that bothered me too, because you have quite a few different options it could have been. I'm hoping it's the Wally West Flash, because that's who showed up in Justice League Task Force. But Flash also introduces so much timeline messing stories that it really could have been anybody. Dang it, Barry. There you go, ruining the world again. Yeah. But I, but that being said, I had assumed it was Wally West because I, I read the same things you did about the Justice League's Facts Force because I was curious about it. And I just assumed it was Wally West. I was over here looking for game manual scans, and the only thing I could find was, I'm pretty sure, a Brazilian one, because I could almost kind of halfway read it, just with how I could stumble through Spanish stuff. And even with that, it just appeared to say The Flash for everything. And I've got my copy of the game for Genesis right here, and I, didn't have, I don't have the manual with it, but they only refer to him as Flash all over the back of the game. Well, they even did that with the levels in the game. Like, the fact that Metropolis isn't named, it just, the level itself is just called Superman. Which is just lazy to me. And with them having such a, like, special ops storylines going out throughout the series, I was expecting a really cool storyline in the game, too. Yeah, you do, you do not get that at all in the game. It's there's even so little dialogue. Like I understand that they can't actually input dialogue on the SNES, but there's so few even cards featuring the plot. There's only like two of them in the entire game, and one of them is that Darkseid has kind of had in a surprise attack and neutralized the entire world's military somehow. And the other one is when you win the game, basically. I mean, a lack of a story is kind of something I forgive fighters for all the time because I'm not playing a fighting game for a story. But at least Street Fighter says, hey, it's a tournament. We're going to go through and fight everybody. And Mortal Kombat says, hey, it's a weird, weird tournament, but we're just going to go through and fight everybody. This one just... It seems like, you know, oh yeah, we have to have a story, even more than fighters usually seem. Well, I can't even really even give it that credit, because though. There are some fighting games with actually decent stories. Like, I know I'm comparing it to the modern generation, but, like, the Injustice series of games actually has some fascinating stories. And the tie-in comics for the Injustice games are insanely good. Like, better than they have any right to be. Oh, I can't wait till we get to those. I cannot wait till we, you get to those either, because I'm, I'm totally going to be on to talk about those. Oh, yeah, I've already got that one marked down. Well, like, my bar for the storyline in fighting games is so low just because nobody, I don't know anybody who plays fighting games for the story. And if there happens to be a good one there, then that's just like super extra bonus time. That, that, I mean, that is fine. But even this game is like a grade blow Street Fighter. Like Street Fighter at least like has all the different, the, the countries represented with the different fighters and you understand the, the fighting for the title and, 
everything like that. So it used to have, you at least have a little bit there. This game is just lazy. I mean, to give you a taste of the comic storylines, in the first mission, they're coming up on a group of rebels who are planning to assassinate the president of some made-up country because DC is the publishers of made-up places, which I actually really like. I just think that's fun. I've always appreciated that about them, too. A lot of times they use the country uh, Eritrea, I think it is, they use a lot. But something like that would have worked even well in the game, like something with an assassination. At least then, it it doesn't have these gigantic stakes without even any devotion to the stakes. Yeah, like you could have just been fighting through everything. And I realize it's weird to have people on the same team fighting each other. You've got to come up with a convoluted reason. But, I mean, you, you really could have. It's not that hard i guess it's it's actually not that hard i could i could totally come up with something in a few minutes better than what they did like you just take that idea and you walk backwards the same way they did in the original alien movie from 1979 but i mean in justice league task force you've got storylines where people plan to release a virus You've got storylines with the assassination thing. You've got members getting pissed off at each other and quitting the team and leaving openings for new people to come in. I mean, there's just all kinds of things that could have happened that pop up in the comics that just for whatever reason don't or can't show up in the game here. Well, thank I am trying to also wonder if we're being fair to the game itself, though, because we're comparing it to modern games, of course, where they have significantly more space. I can't remember even the amount of space the uh, Super Nintendo cartridge could hold, but I know it was nothing comparable to anywhere close to comparable to what we have now. So they may have just been doing the best they could with what they had. Maybe, and I do remember... Back in middle school and high school, we'd throw a Super Nintendo emulator in a game on a three and a half inch floppy. Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right about that. And the three and a half floppies, I think they held uh, kilobytes worth of information, not even a megabyte. Something ridiculously small like that. Yeah. So I am trying to th still try to be fair to the game and not judge it by the standards of games today. But anyway, I mean, because this, this was made by Acclaim, too. Acclaim made a lot of other... Acclaim is most well-known for the Mortal Kombat series. Yeah, they've got that. They've got um, Maximum Carnage. I mean, all kinds of good things. So it's not like they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, exactly. But also, that being said, there were some better fighting games in that time. Like, I remember uh, Primal Rage came out on the Super Nintendo, and it was actually a decent fighting game. Oh, I haven't played that one in a long time. Yeah, I'm, I remember renting it from a local local video store growing up, and it was it was decent. It, the characters were actually different, because that was one of the complaints about playing this game, was all the characters felt the same regardless. The special moves were so inconsistent. Like, I would do what I knew to, would cause the special move, Sometimes it would happen, and sometimes it wouldn't. So, as I said, I'm kind of trying to balance both sides of it there. 
trying to give them credit because they were playing on the SNES, but it still doesn't feel like a good game, even compared to other games of that era. Now, one thing I did really find interesting from the comics, though, was that there is a little part with Vandal Savage, which is somebody who showed up in the Legends of Tomorrow TV series, if you've ever watched that or been in the same room with it. And I have, I'm, I'm sorry, I have watched Legends of Tomorrow, and it is by far my favorite of the CW shows, because it's the one that most leans into the fact that we're a comic book show, and we're just going to go all out. Like the most recent series finale with them fighting the giant blue teddy bear. Oh, you don't have to apologize for that at all, because I love the show. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely love Legends of Tomorrow. It's the only one of the CW shows I actually like. Yeah, I feel like Arrow I'm watching just because I've watched it, and when they do the crossover things, I want to know what's going on. Flash, I'm back and forth about. Supergirl, I still mostly like. But I feel like some of their weird political things lately either need to be toned down or amped up, and they're they're playing it, trying to play it safe on both sides, which is that, a whole different issue. Rid- it's, ri- it's ridiculously on the nose, but they're not really saying anything about it. Yeah, like, I wish they would either leave it alone or just go all out and do it. Yeah. Yep, I, I, I agree with you, because I've, I've my, again, my wife watches it. I, I'm not a big TV person, so I just kind of watch what she watches a lot of times. But anyway, the team is, the Justice League team is sitting there debating Vandal Savage's intelligence, and one of them just decides and goes out and says that Vandal Savage is a super genius, not a tuna sandwich. So then throughout the rest of the series, they use tuna sandwich as something that they call somebody who they consider dumb. I really like that. I may walk that my, into my day-to-day vernacular. So we're we're but. just going to pop up in all the other Facebook groups now, just start calling people tuna sandwiches, see how long it takes them to ask us what's going on. Well, I mean, I imagine they'll figure it out via context clues anyway, but still. Eh. I, I just I just like it just because it's so absurd. And, it, and I kind of love that that made it through the entire write-in process of the write-in, the editing, and everything else. And it's like, yeah, we're going to keep the tuna sandwich in, flying in there. And I, I just kind of just love that. All right, well, Paul, any other thoughts on the comic side of things before we really, really jump into the game? I said, I, I'm not incredibly familiar with the comics other than that. I just, I'm just disappointed that they didn't pull anything from the story, even remotely from the comic, the Justice League Dax Force comics. It just feels like random Justice League bad because dark side was always like this this big bad overseeing in the entire dc universe so but like he it actually felt like he was wasted mind blown because if i just think of this as a justice league game i feel like everything would make a little bit more sense because i expect that to be more crazy but but even then it would still be the laziest justice league game in the entire history history of the world i just wonder why they didn't market it as a justice league game to begin with because most people the justice league task force isn't a name that's going to have a lot of selling power had they just called it justice league the game i think that may have done better 
Well, on that note, we'll drop a few promos for some other shows and then come back and really dig into the game. That's horrible. It's true. So strange. Usually. I can't imagine what that's like. Do you want to? That could never happen to me. It might. Lock him away. He's pure evil. Or insane. Or human. My name's Kate. I have worked as a forensic psychologist, as well as in prisons and as a crisis clinician. My job was to figure out who gets locked up and who gets a key to find the humanity in inhumane situations. So, are you sure you really want to know? Yeah, maybe. Because by the end of the episodes, you just might end up thinking... I felt better before I knew that. You can find me at IWB Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, sometimes Instagram, or you can email me at IWBpodcast at gmail.com. Hi, this is John from the Spoiler Country Podcast. On our show, we talk about comics, movies, you know, whatever really fits the boat for that, that topic of the day. We talk to writers, artists, directors, actors, creators, and fans alike, just our friends and people we just met that seem pretty awesome. We have conversations that lead to some pretty interesting places, so you should definitely check it out if you like comics and movies and conversations that lead into very, very nerdy tangents all the time. Now, you can find our show by opening up any podcatcher and searching for Spoiler Country, or simply go to scpod.net. And remember, in an ocean of podcast, we are Cthulhu. Those are some great shows you should check out, but first, let's finish up with this one. So, Paul, we've hit up on this a lot. But this game is just weird. It it is weird. It is completely weird because even when I even when I looked it up, I had to be sure that the Justice League Task Force was a real thing. I didn't know if it was something they had just made up for the sake of the game, or something that actually existed in the the comics universe. I'm right there with you on it. It seems like the kind of thing a game publisher would make up because it would sound cool in the 90s. Yeah, the 90s were definitely a weird time for comic books. So in this game, you have six Justice League members you can play as, and then three villains. The villains, we've all we've already told you who they all are. The heroes, it's not going to take much for you to guess because it's all the big name people and no real surprises. Yeah, you have a uh, Superman, Batman, The Flash, Aquaman, and Green Arrow, and Wonder Woman. So, so I would have preferred Green Lantern over Green Arrow. I'm just saying. Me too. And you really wouldn't have had to change much. You just would have had things shooting out of his ring instead of arrows shooting. Yeah, yeah. I I wouldn't associate Green Arrow as the bigger name than Green Lantern, though. I was watching some YouTube videos before I came on here with my wife and we were sitting there like, yeah, only nine people. Like some of the street fighter games had like 15 people in them on super Nintendo. And, but who else would we have put in? And like green lantern was the only name we could come up with besides, you know, Robin or Nightwing. Yeah. I guess you, I guess you're right there. I would, I would have liked to have seen more villains though. Cause so much of the game was heroes fighting other heroes. Even had they divided, they 
It felt like they would have had space for six heroes and six villains. That would have made it beautiful, because then you could have had a villain to pair up with each hero. Yeah, you could have added Gorilla Grodd, you could have added, um, uh, you could have added a lot of people. You could have had Black Manta for Aquaman. I mean, you've already kind of got your Superman enemy with Darkseid. I mean, Batman has so many people you could have picked, it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I honestly don't know who any Green Arrow villains are, besides ones who are on the TV show. Sinistro would be the big Green Arrow villain. Well, Green, I meant Green, whatever. I'm thinking of Green Lantern, I'm sorry. Well, that's probably because we're thinking of our fantasy version where it's Green Lantern in instead. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Yeah, I can't think of any Green Arrow villains either, and I watched the TV show. Yeah, that's the problem with the villains on the show. Like, they're either, like, normal people or they don't stick around for very long. But in this game, I mean, everybody is so slow and clunky. I mean, I could understand it maybe if they couldn't make Flash fast enough and they were trying to work with him as the baseline. But I don't know. It's just Flash is slow too. Well, there was a there was a, another SNES game, fighting game, that came out at the same time. And I think it was so much better than this game. It was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles tie-in game. And each of the each of the four turtles actually felt controlled differently. So it would have been nice had this game actually done something because all four of these characters play the exact same. Like they they have the same they have the same button. Everything about them is the same. The same speed, the same strength, everything, and it's frustrating because I know that SNES could handle it better than that. Yeah, and it's a lot of the same button sets to do the special moves which I'm back and forth on because I mean I like knowing what I'm supposed to do but I also kind of sometimes wish that they would have different things going on well I can understand it in a game like the SNES but the fact that they each do the same each of them do the same amount of damage even though like it's there is literally no difference between these characters and it's not only that the special moves are the same, the special moves are inconsistent. The controllers in this game are just not good. Because I played the I played the Super Nintendo version, and the moves, the button combination I knew would do a move would only come up like 75% of the time. Oh, that's the worst. You gotta be able to do things when you expect to do them. Yes, yeah, and especially in a fighting game. Because this game, if you turned up the difficulty, it was actually hard. And with the inconsistent special moves, it was it was really difficult and hard. Now, I mostly played the Genesis version because that's what I have. But the controls aren't much better on that. Well, the, I know the Genesis version actually had looked a little better, though. The sprites for the heroes were more detailed. Yeah, it looks better there. It looks better in the levels. Um, you have atmospheric noise going on in all the levels, which I think is really cool. Like, in Aquaman, you can hear water flowing around like you're actually in a submarine. When you're in the Flash level out in the desert, you can hear coyotes and stuff. You know, once you get past the weirdness of why is Flash out in the desert in the first place. I was wondering that, too. I was like, was they trying to go for, like, the Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner kind of thing with the Flash? 
like how he's fast? Was that the entire joke there? If it is, it completely went over my head. I mean, that was the only thing I thought of, because the fact that Speedy Gonzalez and the Roadrunner and Coyote are always in the desert. So that was the only thing that made me think of that. Like, for the most part, the levels for every character are the same. In Aquaman, you're in Atlantis, no matter what. In Batman, you're in Gotham City, no matter what. Superman, you're in Metropolis. Wonder Woman, you're in Themyscira. Cheetah, you're out in a savanna clearing. I've seen places call it a desert clearing, but lions don't live in the desert. So, you know, let me fix that right now. You know what I remember about Cheetah's level, though? It's how large those animals are. I'm, I'm thinking about that. Like, there's a wolf you can see in the background. And that wolf would be the size of, like, three people, based on the proportions it, get, it had. And then the one cheetah that had, like, an antelope dragged up into the tree. Yeah. I don't think they would actually do that. I mean, I guess it was nice of all the animals to just stand there and watch a fight. Like, for to forget that they're predator and prey for a moment. Yeah, that was weird, because everything else... You're there by yourself with whoever you're fighting. Flash, for some reason, though, in the Genesis version, you're over in front of the Flash Museum, but the Super Nintendo one, you're at some desert. Huh. That is strange. I don't know why they switched that up. And then for Green Arrow, you're in a forest clearing again for Super Nintendo, which makes sense for him. Yeah. But then in the Genesis version, you're in Seattle. Just Seattle. Okay. I don't know. Somehow uh, Seattle uh, is special enough that it gets to be named in the DC universe. That is odd. Like, that is, yeah, that's legitimately odd. But one thing that blew my mind about this was the fact that it was developed by Blizzard. Oh, I know. It was like like Blizzard. I know even then you could do better. Like, like what happened? Like at this point, Blizzard has already done the Death and Return of Superman, which, I mean, that shows that they know how to do combat right there. Why can't they do better in this one? Well, a fighting game lives and dies by the combat. Like the, we've complained about the story, but as you said, the story in a fighting game doesn't really matter. If this game had fun combat, that would that'd be enough for me to say, hey, it's a gym, you should find a way to play it. But I would never say that about this game, because this game's combat is terrible. Well, let's take a look at the story for this one, too, because it's almost so bad it's hilarious. Darkseid decides he's going to sneak up and take over the world. But they're back and forth, it seems like, on whether it's a surprise or not. Because you see a newspaper headline saying that Darkseid declares war on Earth. But then later it mentions about how the first time he attacks was a complete surprise to everybody. And I just can't see how those two things coexist. But also, Darkseid was never a surprise attack kind of person. Like he was... He would have a plan, but he was never like the stealthy kind of guy... I mean, he doesn't need to be. He's dark side. He just comes in and overpowers everybody. Yeah, he he always finds ways to have other people do his bidding for him, and then he comes in and tries to mop up. And in this game, I don't know. So whichever hero you pick in the single player 
run through the game. You go in, you say, hey, there's Darkseid, let me go find some members of the Justice League. And you run across whoever you get to first, and you fight them, and you can't figure out why. And then as you keep finding people and you keep having to fight them, you start thinking, okay, there's something going on here. This is weird. So you fight through everybody except yourself. You fight through Despero and Cheetah. And then you get to Darkseid. And, oh, you fought through all the robot doubles I've made of the Justice League. Which, I mean, I'll admit, that makes perfect sense. I can live with that all day long. And then Darkseid sits up there. You fought through all the doubles of everybody. And now I have one more for you to fight. And you're just like, okay, cool. I'm going to fight my robot self now instead of going after you. Which normally I guess I would have been okay with that. But after all the hilarity of the rest of it, it's just even more hilarity. It is really odd because it seems to like the it's the laziest writing I can think of. It's like, how do we make them fight each other? Oh, they're clones, basically. It's basically just might as well be clones or robot clones or whatever. Just lazy. And then you go and you fight Darkseid, and of course you win. And you get a real cheesy cutscene at the end saying, Yay, nobody can beat the Justice League Task Force. I mean, again, it's a fighting game. What do you expect? Yeah. In theory, the replay value here is supposed to be playing with your friends and fighting against them. I, I didn't get a chance to play versus a human, but I know playing against another game for me otherwise had no replay value at all. And it, and it was so short. It was ridiculously short. Yeah, I somehow suckered my wife into playing a little bit, and she was not amused at all. She's not really huge into fighters anyway, besides Smash Brothers. But I thought maybe something this old would be close enough. And it's just too clunky, and you never know if your special move is going to get pulled off right. And it's just... It's weird. That's the most annoying thing about any game is the inconsistency with control. I've got I've I've just turned off games and never played them again if they had inconsistent controls. Like even in this even in this modern gen, like cause PlayStation gives away the free game sometimes. And if a game has bad controls, you're just never gonna play it. Like Red Dead Redemption 2. You're honestly the first person I've heard say anything bad about that game. I didn't I didn't enjoy it, but it's it may just not be my bag. So your your mileage may vary. I mean, I grabbed Spider-Man and I'm perfectly happy with that. I'm playing that next. I've been playing God of War and God of War is just a masterpiece. Like it is Probably one of the most perfect games I've ever played in my entire life. And next, I want to be, be buying Spider-Man this week. I know this has nothing to do with Justice League Task Force. 
but I cannot wait to swing around New York City. Oh, it's so much fun. It's the exact opposite of this game because it just feels so perfect. Yes. I mean, I don't want to sit here and, oh, this old game is horrible for hours and hours, but, I mean, it's a fighting game with bad combat. It's not like there's a story you can muscle your way through to see. It's not like, I mean, there's no real reward for playing through the game with each character because it's a Super Nintendo or a Genesis game. It's not like you can unlock extra characters or anything. Like Unless you happen well, to be friends with people who like playing bad fighters with each other, there's not much there for you. There isn't, and I'm not going to give all the blame to the generation itself. Because I played better fighting games than this. Street Fighter 2 was okay. Uh, you had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. You had Primal Primal Rage or Primal Fear. I can't remember. Uh, but all those games were decent. All those games were kind of fun to play. And this one was felt like a chore. Yeah, this is one I bust out every once in a while just to get something different, but... I mean, if I want to play a fighter, I've got, like, three different 16-bit versions of Street Fighter. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with those, and they're just so much better. Is this the only, is this the only fighting game Blizzard ever worked on? Other than, like, because uh, I, I can't think of any other fighting games. Like, they have Overwatch and all, all those, but they're not, like, a traditional fighter. I mean, just looking through the Blizzard Wikipedia page, it's really looking like it. No wonder. They may have just played, realized this and it's like, we just had to get this out. After this, we're done with fighting games. We're swearing them off forever. Yeah, like there's Death Return to Superman, if you want to count that. That's probably the next closest thing. I mean, there's some Warcraft stuff if you want to get into that, but, you know, the strategy aspect of that takes up so much more of everything. And Diablo. And StarCraft. So, I mean, good stuff, but definitely not fighters by any yeah. means. And even if you get down into um, canceled stuff, there's nothing really that's a fighter at all. Maybe it's just not their thing. Maybe. But also, you've mentioned the death in Return of Superman. Was that game any good? Because I'm actually just curious about it. It's a pretty good one. Um, it follows the story really well. I mean, if you can, if you're the kind of person that really hates this era of gaming, you're not gonna like it. I mean, it's certainly not the best example of a 16-bit beat 'em up, but it's not bad. It's just, I mean, if you think all 16-bit beat 'em ups are the same, this is not gonna change your mind. But if you like the genre and you like the era, then you're probably gonna like it. I was I was always interested in any adaptation of that story because that's actually the first comic book I ever bought was the Death of Superman. So anytime I hear about an adaptation, I'm like, huh, I'm curious. I'd probably say that that's the best fighting game that Blizzard ever made. Okay. Because it's certainly better than this one. Yeah. I feel like this has kind of been the entire show, but what do you think this game really got wrong? I think that's kind of been the entire show. I'm, 
I I hate I hate hammering on things because like when I'm talking about my friends about movies or TV shows, I always just hate consistently hammering. My question is what I want to think this game got right. Well, okay. I'm perfectly fine and with I, that because that's the next question anyway, and we don't need to repeat everything we just said. Yeah, because I'm I'm actually trying to think of something this game got right. Pass. All of the special moves that the characters have are special moves that the characters actually have. I'm stretching a lot because I'm trying to find something. I was about to say I don't I don't even know that that really counts. It's like the fact that Batman has a battering. I mean, congratulations, I guess. They give you a really good quick overview of the characters in the introduction. If you need a one-sentence elevator pitch, you've got something laid out here right for you. But at the same time, anyone, everybody and their mom is familiar with these characters. Like, as People are born and knowing about Superman. I think the language is just gained via osmosis at this point. I know. Like These are the things I'm coming up with because that's really all there is. Um, I mean, if you want to play the game, it's really cheap. If you want to go buy it, yeah, it'll be more expensive to find the Genesis to play it on than it will be to buy the game. Okay, I'll say this: if you want to play it, if you want to put yourself through this misery, at least the misery will be short. This entire game lasts like thirty. You can play the entire story mode in like thirty minutes. Kaylee and I weren't even watching speed runs, and it was like 20 30 minutes of people playing and i'm like yeah. okay maybe this person is just really good and then we watched another one and it's the same thing yeah i would like to say too that in the super nintendo version your life bar i don't know why this bothers me so much but you have a red life bar and it goes down which i don't think would bother me at all if it wasn't red because i'm just way too used to street fighter where the red goes up, and as you get more red, you're more damaged. But here, it's just totally backwards, and it's messing with my brain, and I can't handle that. Well, I'm actually not going to fault you for that. Like, regardless, that's just bad design, because we so immediately associate red with things that aren't good. It's just basic color theory. The fact that you start off with complete red bar, and it's the epitome, it's good. It just, it threw me off, too. I'm glad I'm not the only one because Kaylee thought I was crazy and th she thought maybe it was just because black is usually representing emptiness and red is usually representing damage and it was just two things conflicting there until I went and turned on a Street Fighter playthrough just to make sure the damage bar did what I thought it did. And then once she saw it was red going up, she's like, all right, I got to give you this one. You're fine. Yeah. Like, had it been green going down, I would have been just fine with it. Yep, yellow. I mean, anything besides red. Yeah, exactly. It could have been literally any other color but red and been fine. Oh. That, I noticed that too. I feel like I probably don't even need to ask you this, but if you know somebody who wants to try to get into the Justice League, even just like super overarching Justice League and not necessarily Justice League Task Force specifically, would you hand them this game as a little bit of an intro? No, I would hand them the DVDs, the DVD of Justice League, the animated series that I own. You're a brave man because you probably that, wouldn't get that back. That, that, yeah. Yeah, maybe I wouldn't do that. Maybe I would loan it to them as long as they had some form of collateral. I would tell them. 
I would show them the box and say, this is what you should go buy because you're going to want to buy it after you watch it. But the only way I would put anybody through this game is if they came over specifically wanting to play a bad fighter. That would be such an odd request, though, just having a friend come over to hang out. Hey, can we play a terrible fighting game? I have some crazy friends, and like we'll come over sometimes and just pick a random fighting game, and it, it really is random. Like I've got a list on my phone of all the games I have, and we'll just tell it to pick a random fighter. And we're stuck playing whatever it picks, and we make the best of it. I I would never do that. So that's why I was I was saying that. But that's definitely that's interesting that you guys do that. To be fair, there's usually alcohol involved. Have you found any hidden gems before? Like in regards to fighting games, mostly things that we didn't know about. Like um, we didn't know about Guilty Gear. Okay. I mean, I, just things I'm like familiar- that. I know it exists, but I've never played it. That's a really good series. It is so much better than this. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I know. I've played uh, Blaze Blue. That's a that's an insanely fun fighting game. Yeah, that one. Um, Skullgirls is really good for newer systems. Uh, Samurai Showdown. If you want to look at older stuff, I think my favorite random one we ran across was Bushido Blade. That one has real weapons that act real, and, I mean, it's potential for one-hit kills if you hit somebody right. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. But I've I've never been a fighting game person, so this wasn't up my alley anyway. I honestly wasn't sure if I was being unfair to the game as someone that just generally doesn't play fighting games at all. Like, I've played a few of them, and I enjoy them. That's not my bag. So, I, as I... I wasn't sure if I was giving this game a fair shake or not. So it's interesting to hear the perspective of someone who is a fighting game aficionado. Yeah, I love playing them. I'm never going to win tournaments or anything. But this game is just objectively bad in almost every way possible. Yeah, it, it really was. So, Paul, if people like hearing thoughts from you, where else can they find you around the Internet? Uh. The best place at the moment is just going to be my Twitter. That's why that's why I give so many thoughts on movies and kind of just geek culture as a whole. I've been doing a lot of tweets about God of War here lately, and I tweet about movies all the time because I'm always trying to watch a movie I haven't seen before. But also, you can listen to me on uh, a podcast. I'm a reoccurring guest on the Nooks and Crannies podcast with the fantastic Matt Sanderson. Uh, I just get on there and talk about movies, and it's it's a lot of fun. You should listen to them anyway. They, even the episodes that don't have me on it are just great episodes. They're fun to listen to. Yeah, I know the look you guys did on Westerns was really fascinating because that's a genre I just never really got into besides a movie here and there. That was It was a lot. That was so much fun to do that. Like we, we just kept talking, and it was... There was, there was so much to talk about, and I, I kind of can't wait to do it again because we're going to be doing a, another deep dive on the genre pretty soon, and it's just going to be a lot of fun because there's so much to talk about. There's so many different places that the conversation can go, and it's just, for a movie buff like me, it's just like heaven talking, talking like that. I know if you want to hear more from me, you can go check out Play Comics Cast on Twitter or the Facebook group. There will be links down in the show notes. 
I mean, don't forget that we do have a store and a Patreon set up. And if you like hearing me talk about things that aren't video games at all, at least most of the time, you can go check me out on Meddling Kids over at MeddlingKidsPod.com where me and Kaylee talk about Scooby-Doo. That should be picking up real soon. Life just needs to stop kicking us in the nuts so we can actually have some recording time. And if you like the music that we're rudely talking on top of right now, go check out Best Day's music over at SoundCloud.com slash Best-Day. But most of all, just grab a stack of comics, grab a game, hopefully not this one, and go find yourself a new favorite character. So what do you, th- I feel like we've said it this, oh, I'm going to start that whole thing over.